Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Kaiju Curry House, the fortnightly show that gives you a healthy dose of Kaiju goodness every other Monday. I'm joined by my co-host Smokey Joe. There he is. And we have a special guest with us today, Mr. Alex Rushdie from Seismic Toys. Welcome, Hello. Alex. Thanks for having me. So yeah, welcome so, back. Yeah, so, so we had you before because um, you were here to talk about Dawn the Monsters from 13AM Games, where you're the, the CEO. But we found out that you're also the co-founder of Seismic Toys. And so yes, we I am. Yeah, so we want to find out today all about, I guess, how you make toys, how you know how your journey began and and the whole toy awesomeness. Um and um, if you're watching on YouTube, we will be showing some seismic toys. So um audio listeners, please uh check us out on YouTube. But before we get into the, the fun there, we've got to ask. Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Glad you asked, Paul. Joe's had a very eventful last few days because Joe spent some money over, I forget which lockdown, but there was a lockdown and I was at home and I saw really cool stuff being teased by Star Ace. I have finally received my deluxe black and white Redosaurus and my deluxe Colossa cyclops from seven voyage of sinbad and i am over the moon with them they're fantastic i'm going to take some decent pictures put them on a turntable and release that on youtube with my thoughts on them but they are first rate and i have nothing but good things to say about them even the packaging has been upgraded to a standard that i was really impressed with so hot dog it has been a great kaiju week for joe Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Well, Giorgio, I finished the last, well, no, sorry, the land of time forgot. So I finished that. So I now, I know so what you mean about, um, was it uh, Miss Leray kind of be becoming, what's her name? I just forgotten it already. Miss, was it Miss Leroy? Leroy? Anyway, the, the, la the lady in it where she's all half like, defenseless at the start of the story, but by the end of it, oh, yeah, she's, she actually, she's actually yeah. grown as a character and she can yeah, hold her own. So that was good. Um, but it was more than that. They also had the people that time forgot in here. Mm. So that's the second part of the Caspat trilogy. So I've yep. read that now. So that's, um, to us, it's a very similar story beat, but it kind of skips almost straight to being on the island. And we've got Tom, who's got in rescue of like, the original um people and he meets up with another uh a native there called a jaw and they go on a journey together trying to get north of um Kaspak to become gallus and um I, I really enjoyed it i have to say and um it's a good yarn it is it is good and next i've got out of times abyss that's the final part so i'll be reading that um, that's where they uh go to the part of the island past like current human evolution right okay so they go yeah so right, they okay. go into like Further basically evolution. our evolutionary future okay that's where it gets wild but it's a great yarn and if you've watched the movie which i know you have yeah uh it's fun it's a great movie but it it it, it doesn't quite finish where you'd expect it to and there's more to that story and it's a lot of fun so i think it's great with anything that Edgar Rice Burroughs writes, it's just a page turner. Yeah. Okay. I look forward to reading the final part. 
Um, I also went to Nottingham recently with my, uh, with my wife and we visited the Haunted Museum there. There's, there's a, were, there, there, were there ghosts? There might be. Ghosts don't, don't count as kaiju, but I am curious. No, but, but while we were there, they had a few things, whether or not you believe they're true or not. They had a Fiji mermaid, a skeleton of a Fiji mermaid. Right. Um, a sea pixie. I have not heard of a sea pixie. Oh, no. that's probably like a stingray that's been modified. And then also they had they had this bird, but they said it they didn't know what it was, but it was it was reptilian. So it looked kind of like a baby dinosaur. Mo I mean birds but are I, dinosaurs, so any baby bird would be a baby dinosaur there, Paul. But it had like a tail with like a like a lizard's tail. You know, it, it looked it looked like a dinosaur more than a bird. Did it have a blue face and red eyes? Um, it's pretty much all just kind of like a faded red color. Right, no clue. I thought you were going to say a Hudson, but anyway, I will. I will put some pictures was up. It, was it was it alive or dead? <laughs> oh no, this is these are all dead. These are all skeletons. These are all okay, things yeah. that yeah, they taxidermy. had. Taxidermy. Yes, they had a lot of taxidermy. <laughs> they, I mean, th they had um, rats dressed up as Ghostbusters, and you know all sorts. There, it was a. Uh, it... Okay, <laughs> this is getting a bit weird now. Yeah, but they and they also had a life-size um, thing, you know, the, the, the head that comes off and has the tentacles and the legs. They had the life-size. I don't know if it was the actual right. film used one because they had like oh, the I saw doubt puppet. That. That's probably in some like prop store archive sort of. Yeah, I might just say they're old, but yeah, I mean they had. I mean it, it was it was fun. Um, huh. I mean, my wife got a bit spooked out by the room of dolls, but um, yeah, oh, they... I hate a room of dolls. Yeah. Those China dolls are terrible. It is creepy. They have but... black eyes, like a doll's eyes. But yeah, they had some mythical creatures on display, apparently, and um, yeah, some film props, or you know. But either way, it, it was cool. And I also watched the film um, Shang Chi, the Marvel film. Uh, which yeah, yeah, and dragon. Jo it's yeah, it's got some dragons in it. I didn't see that. I was got like, a dragon and like a giant demon creature. Yeah, spoilers, so I was thinking, of course. But, sorry, know. spoilers. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, it's Marvel. It's not going to be a bad film. And then, and it was really good. And then, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, Marvel can make a bad film. I'm sure they can, but whenever I've watched a Marvel film, it's been, I mean, it, I haven't watched a bad one yet. They've all been good, if not great. Mm. And um, mm. yeah, that end battle with the dragons, I just thought was really cool. Nice. I, I, still, I still have to. I, I, that one's like on my queue, and I just have been waiting to get around to it. Yeah, so. it's just it's yeah. That's it. It's like, oh, should I watch it? I was like, well, I don't know what else to watch, and it's it's on yeah. Disney Plus. So yeah, let's give to it a go. Well. To be fair, like I've seen the aisles in Walmart. I've seen pictures of like this ginormous dragon toy. So if you've been to the toy aisle in Walmart, <laughs> they've properly yeah. spoiled this movie for I, you. I saw in Toys R Us. I was like a big dragon. I was like, oh, Shang Chi, big dragon. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh cool. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more <laughs> interested now. So. This is an interesting thing. So Shang-Chi, the Mandarin, the Five Rings, this is all closely tied into Fim Fang Foom, who is a Marvel character. Now, Fim I've been Fang waiting Foom, for him to show up. I know. When they had the Mandarin, like all those years back for Iron Man 2, I think it was Iron Man. No, three. Iron Man 3. Three, 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 three. Yeah. Sorry. But uh, yeah, that was a bad Marvel movie for anybody who's listening. <laughs> anyway, um, that's your example. But yeah, so Fim Fang Foom is an alien but to us, he is your classic kind of European dragon in the original Marvel like comics. He wore purple pants because every large green thing did back then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's very intelligent. He's colossal in size and he's pretty rowdy and awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm waiting for Fin Fang Foom 
And the dragon that we got in that movie was not Fin Fang Foam. It's a rather beautiful um, creature that uh, it, it, it shows kind of like its origin as a koi because it has lovely koi coloration on its scales and whatnot. It's really neat. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil any more for that because Alex hasn't seen it. But it is now time for Paul and I well, to jointly ask Alex. Yeah. What? What have Kaiju been up to? Well, well not watching Shang Chi. I I, no, I am not watching Shang Chi. Uh, <laughs> I was having some some mic trouble, so I couldn't pipe up. But uh, the uh, I haven't read the Edgar Rice Burroughs books yet. I have so uh, at the Earth's core. I've, I've been reading at the Earth's core. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Land of Time for God is like one of my favorite dinosaur movies of all time. So like, oh, I really, you, I, it, I've been looking for a copy of that book to finally read. It, they're so cheap. Just get it on Amazon. But um, if, if you don't absolutely fall in love with Edgar Rice Burroughs as an author, I will be shocked because Land of Time for God is amazing. He wrote Tarzan of the Apes, which is amazing and mm. ends on a cliffhanger. And then he had uh, A Princess of Mars, which is one of my all-time favorite books. It is great. It is the inspiration for Superman and Star Wars and so many others. It is yeah. incredible. But always, always, always give Edgar Rice Burroughs your time, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, to know. great movie, though. I love those puppet dinosaurs. Oh, there. They're amazing. You I can could just... talk about that movie for a long time. <laughs> we will invite All you those, back and yeah. we will, the whole, we will. <laughs> re-talk about it. The 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 whole uh, there was like a Kevin Connor um quadrilogy of adventure films. And I think all but one were adaptations of Edgar Rice Burroughs books. So Warlords of Atlantis, I don't think was an adaptation of anything. No, it wasn't. It was it was its own thing. It was its own thing, but it was same director and you know, oh same, yeah. Same it's got a very similar feel for sure. Yeah. Also uh, unavailable in North America on home video and has been since, I think, the 90s. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. I don't know why. I can't, Only I can't Atlantis. Why are we spoiled over here? That's, yeah, that's, that's strange that we for, have it. That's you can first on this podcast. Yeah. I'm telling you what. Well, we um, can always send you a copy. <laughs> I don't know if it's region free or not, but we can get it and send it across. Yeah, get a get a UK copy. Um, yeah, but cherish that, cherish that <laughs> of all the films. Um, oh, we do the one with armadillos is is our podcast episode specifically yeah. about that film. <laughs> nice, nice. What were they um, called? The Gorgs or something like that? Things I don't, that they I don't were. Remember. Oh, I don't know what they were called. And there's that bog creature that comes out. And... Yeah. yeah, there's some cool stuff in that movie. And but, poor uh, Nessie yeah um what have i okay so i I've, I've been up to a bunch of kaiju stuff i i recently just spent way too much money on a buy order to get uh the bullmark aurora mechagodzilla or maybe it's a marison i gotta double check but anyways it's a sophie aurora mechagodzilla and a, a glitter titanosaurus uh and a kyomoto collection ultraman gaia which is just a giant Ultraman Gaia that I'm going to have to fit in my house. Uh, and I've also been watching a lot of Ultraman. I am almost done Ultraman Taro. I'm almost done Ultraman Gaia. And uh, Ultraman Gaia is like probably my favorite Ultraman show of all time. Are you re-watching these or are, they, are you just catching up on some recent releases? These are recent releases that I'm catching up on, but I, I have seen Gaia before. Ultraman Taro, I hadn't. I've, this is my first time watching it. It's 
it's a pretty wild show. It's pretty insane. The next episode has Pinocchio as the kaiju that they're fighting. <laughs> um, so it, it's pretty okay. goofy, but it's pretty. You fun. figure they would have gone Monstro first, but you know, I think so. But no, it's, it's Pinocchio, and then Ultraman Gaia is one of the series from like the the late nineties, um, done by the writer of uh, a bunch of anime and stuff. But I think probably most people would know him for Digimon Tamers, which was like a wow Digimon season of Digimon. Yeah, he's he's written a bunch of stuff. He's written a bunch of Lovecraft stuff. That's what he's known for um, initially. But uh, yeah, Ultraman Gaia is uh, is basically Ultraman with more of a overarching plot and a lot of Lovecraft stuff and a like kind of evil kind of good guy rival ultraman for the main ultraman to uh contend with so okay a lot of ultraman uh, so are you looking forward to shit ultraman this year oh yeah i'm really looking forward to that i i kind of don't know what to think because we've seen so little of it it's just been like a a snippet isn't it like a five second clip or something (laughs) yeah a five second clip (laughs) and like a bunch of merchandise um i feel like covid's been like you know like the whole lockdown covid experience like Stuff just hasn't been spoiled, has it? <laughs> like there's right? there's no there's nothing to leak off of set because only the people that are there, you know, like specifically mm. for a job, are there to leak. You know, like yeah. no one's got no one's sneaking onto those sets and taking pictures of the of, of things. So, um, I mean, the movie's got to be done. They're just holding on to it. So May is when it's coming out, and I'm I can't wait to see what what that's going to be like. Um, yeah, and I'm 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 also excited about that Netflix Ultraman movie that I think is coming in a few years. It's still pretty early, um, but again, I didn't even, I didn't even know they were doing one. Yeah, it's it's being animated by like uh, ILM, like Lucasfilm. Okay, nice. Um, and it has some really cool people working on it. It's going to be an animated movie. I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I'm down for that. Also that recently dropped was the news that uh, Apple TV is picking up a MonsterVerse series with Godzilla. This is different from the Kong series, which was also teased. So I think that that was really interesting piece of news that not only are we going on different platforms for different kaiju in theory, according to like what's been reported, but we have the MonsterVerse Godzilla continuing, which a lot of people were kind of up in the air about, you know, wondering what would happen there. So a lot of news, you know, for kaiju and films going forward. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah like a, good news. About a, I think it was like a week. I, I want to say about a week before that announcement came out. I was chatting with my friend Steve and I said, you know, this is the first time since, I don't know, I guess 2012 maybe or 2011 that we haven't had news of like an active Godzilla project on on its way. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like this year it's it's Shin Ultraman, the Ultraman anime, and you know, I mean video releases and stuff like that. But like there wasn't like a new movie or a TV show. I was like, there's there's nothing Godzilla on the horizon right now. Uh, and I was like, I haven't we haven't had this experience for a long time. And then a week oh, later oh. they announced the series. Yeah, but I remember that after Final Wars, but it, there was just nothing for quite a while. I know those were scary times. That was the yeah, like those were scary times. 
And I, I think what, what, I mean, technically we've still got the comics. I think IDW is making new comics. I haven't. Yes. Yeah. Godzilla, Godzilla versus cool. Power Rangers. Godzilla yeah. versus Power Rangers. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about, but yeah, I was like, there hasn't, there, you know, there won't be a movie or anything. There's nothing on the horizon. And then there you go. Yeah. Series, so Bosh. Right. Before we take our first break, we're going to go ahead. And again, we are looking for a new name for this segment, but as of this moment, it is kaiju letters we've had some more write-ins folks thank you for writing in we aren't making you up this is great <laughs> so we have three questions tonight for everybody so first of all we have steve and steve asks what is the best gamera movie in your opinion now we've got a few to pick from now so we'll start with the guest first alex what do you think uh, I mean, very hard to choose, but if someone came up to me and they said, I'm only going to watch one Gamera movie, or like, if there's one Gamera movie I should watch, where should I start? Uh, for me, it would be Gamera Guardian of the Universe. Just cause, Solid choice. I mean, it's, 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 I, the Heisei trilogy is probably my favorite three. Um, I, I switch which one is my favorite, like every year. But if you're going to start somewhere, Guardian of the Universe is a great starting point. Uh, and it's it's also just like a fantastic film. So that'd be Truth. that'd be my vote. It, it, my I watched that with my dad years and years ago, and even he liked it. So like, you know, he's he's not a big kaiju guy. So he, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a great movie. It is a great movie. It really it is. is. Paul? I, is it cheating if I say the same thing? No, you can jump on that train <laughs> if you want to. Because to be fair, I've only seen that trilogy... Well, the trilogy and then got um, Gamera the Brave and the first original Gamera. I haven't seen any of the others. So I've, there, there's like 10 films, I guess. That there's I there's seen an yet. Arrow Video <laughs> box set, which you could buy, sir. I have it. I have the box set. I just what are you doing? You told you buy things. Yeah, have you read stop. that? It's like, it's like I... We're going to stop this segment right now. Paul, have you read that alien, that alien <laughs> picture book I got Henry, you? You got me this for my birthday. I need to finish this. It's then I'll go on to picture. Then book, I'll go on to my Christmas present, Joe. <laughs> One book it's at a time. Picture book. Gosh, right. I'm gonna buck the trend here. Um, for me, because I'm old school. Uh, for me, it would be between the original original Gamera versus Gauss, because that was cool having a vampire kaiju. That was that was legit. But. I like the original. I just really enjoy the original, the hokey American cut of it. Oh, like, the American cut as well. Oh yeah, that's two M's. It's it's amazing. I mean, like telling the only woman in the office, "You better go brew a pot of coffee. It's gonna be a long <laughs> night." Like she isn't more qualified than that. I mean, oh. it's just it's just like one of those. What do you call it? Like. You, you bury something and like dig it up years later like what is that called you know like like a, like a time capsule an artifact it's a time capsule time that's capsule. what yeah. it is camera the invincible <laughs> is a time capsule it is beautiful for so many different reasons <laughs> yeah but i do i do enjoy going back to that film all right so the second question comes from emmanuel and who would win in a fight Single point Gabara, which I went ahead and looked it up uh, whilst I was getting these. It would be Salanga. I think that's what everybody calls him. Mm -hmm. Or Hidora. So we have the pollution monster versus 
the general unstoppable demon. That's like so Habers. He he got stabbed through the <laughs> skull in multiple points. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, this this we, requires a bit of thought, honestly. We never got to see Salunga like fight any kaiju, but he seemed pretty. He, I think he could hold his he own. Like, he seemed. He looked like a scrapper. He wasn't very big yeah. though. But but on on the flip side, Hedra like beats the tar out of Godzilla. I mean, he, they they needed the military to set up a bunch of stuff to take out. Like Godzilla couldn't take out Hedra on his own. So it's I, I that's hard for me to say. I feel like uh, I feel like anything with nostrils, you know, would get suffocated. And <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I suppose yeah, they like could just whiff, they'll smell Hedra and be like, oh, geez, now. I'm... <laughs> but I mean, like he got impaled through the lungs and stuff too. Like it's probably gonna be a stalemate. You see, I read this question forever. and I didn't think there was a lot of thought behind it. But now but that there we've is. kind of discussed it, there is there is like a, a logic train, isn't there? Yeah, this mm. is not an easy one to, to call. Because, yeah, I mean, brute strength's not going to do anything against slime. You just hit it, your wrist, your fist goes through, and then you're stuck. But yeah. then Salonga's kind of unkillable. Yeah, so... Crap! <laughs> this is the ultimate... Uh, I wasn't expecting you know, This is Gabra the ultimate version of that classic question of who would kill who. It's like, well, in this case, I don't know either. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to... Shall we give this one a tie? I think it has to be. Yeah, they, time. they just run out of time, don't they? They get bored and go their the... separate ways. <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah, they get bored. All right, so <laughs> Louise comes to us with the final question of the night, and I think it's cool because it's a King Kong question. You guys know how I love Kong. Yes, so we do. Louise, Louise asks, if King Kong was set solely on Skull Island and a woman needed to be rescued instead of a man, what would be your take on that film? So basically, Joe, I think you no meant a, a man needs to be rescued instead of a woman. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a man needs to be rescued instead of a woman. Sorry, yeah. I've misread that. I'll read it again. If King Kong was set solely on Skull Island and a man needed to be rescued instead of a woman, what would be your take on that film? Cool. I think that would be incredibly <laughs> watchable, honestly. I, I love Skull Island just as a set. And I think gender bending that film would be awesome. Yeah, I, I don't see anything. I don't see how it could make it worse in any way. You know, I mean, that's that's. It's nice to put a twist on it. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think that would be be welcome. I I, don't. I love the original King Kong. I love Peter Jackson's King Kong. I love Skull Island. You know, all the stuff. But especially when it comes to those those the classic King Kong story. Every time I watch it, if I'm being hundred percent honest, the moment they leave Skull Island, I'm I'm a little I'm not disinterested, but I'm a little like ah. You're sad. That <laughs> place was sad. cool. It had dinosaurs. It was an awesome place. Yeah. <laughs> Skull Island rules. So you know, setting a whole movie there like they did with the 2017 movie, I'm into having a, a guy be kidnapped. I think could be really interesting, especially like if the guy's a real asshole and they're like ah, maybe we don't want to save him. Or like, <laughs> you see, the thing is, the thing is, is Louise didn't actually put in her question or like give any. I mean, I've read her whole question, and although I got it wrong the first time, but um, she didn't say anything about Kong kidnapping the man. It True. just says woman rescuing a man. Yeah. Could be so any I I think that's really cool. Like, what if Kong and this woman, you know, like they have like a trainer Kong or like a buddy relationship. And like, they set out to rescue this man. Like he's gone all explorey and didn't know what he was getting into. I mean, yeah. Like there's also, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of different ways that you could spin that. And I think that's really cool. I, I like that. 
we we would watch that louise we would should, yes louise write that and turn it into a comic and then <laughs> yeah pitch oh, it yes. to legendary and uh pitch this to legendary you have three bonafide kaiju fans that are willing to line up and do this so there we go and with kaiju letters out of the way we will take our first break catch you later folks Hello and welcome back to episode 88. We have Alex from Seismic Toys and we are now going to talk about Seismic Toys and all of the fantastic things that are coming our way and have been released. Alex, how's it going? And what have we got to look forward to first of all? Uh, it's, it's going well and we've got plenty of toys to look forward to. Uh, as far as Seismic's concerned, our the last toy we released was Giros in our Ultraman Vinyl Odyssey line. And uh, it did, it was our best selling toy ever. Um, it actually, the our pre-orders sold out to the point where we had to increase the number that we manufactured just to meet demand. So that's a good uh, sign. That is a very good sign, <laughs> yes. And it means that the future of the Ultraman Vinyl Odyssey line is in good hands. Petrus Seismic is in good hands. We're gonna keep making cool toys. Can for our viewers on YouTube, can we see this gyrus gyrus figure? There he is. Now you see the thing is, I really like the coloration that's on this. Yeah, I, think I, I, I don't have the best lighting here, but the one thing that we try to do with all of our toys is uh, it, we offer a kind of like translucent, translucent sort of kind of kind of thing, so that. You know the sun, sunlight, or whatever your your lighting settings are. Um, I don't know. I just it, when something's three D, I like the idea that where you place it and how you light it can have a big impact impact on on how it looks. Um, so yeah, we did that here. It's this was you know officially licensed from Super Aya, sculpted by Mike Lambert, and then produced by uh, Seismic, myself and uh, Chris Olio. So for those of you who can't see what Alex is holding up, it's Jiris, Jiris, however you want to pronounce this name. But um, this was an Ultraman villain, and essentially it was Godzilla, and he had the Dilophosaurus frill from Jurassic Park. This is the, that's the way that we're going to describe this. So what Alex is holding up, it isn't necessarily the colors that he was in that show, but what it is, is almost, I want to say that it's almost like a stained glass effect. We have some beautiful melding and like channeling of color. We have some teals feeding into some like really great neon blues. His dorsal plates have gone like a clear yellow into like a really nice amber color. It's gorgeous. It looks great. So kudos to you guys, but definitely check it out on YouTube because my brief description does not do it justice. It's a really beautiful figure. Well done. Thank you very much. And I see mean, why it's sold out. But I say that's it. It's, uh, yeah, you know you've done well when you have to increase production. Yeah, yeah. We, we uh, you know, we obviously, we're, we're small and we like to make things in, in limited quantities because, you know, we're not able to put this toy in Walmart or whatever. And, and we're kind of feeding into that collector mentality. But uh, I think we've all been in a situation where we really want something, we hear that it's limited, and then we wait on, you know, oh, it's dropping at 12.01 
p.m. on Monday and we wait and refresh the page until we can get it into our cart and buy it ah, and then we just don't get it um and that's I've always just found that frustrating yeah uh, more than anything because then I just miss out on the thing I like so what we do instead is we offer an open pre-order period which is if anyone puts in an order between this time and this time we're going to fulfill every order okay uh, and then that's once a really that's a gentlemanly way. thing gentlemanly yeah. way to do it yeah <laughs> That's why I think it's a better way to do it because it's still limited. You know, we're not committing to making thousands of these things or even hundreds, but uh, it it allows everyone who wants one essentially to get one. And then we, whatever we do is okay. Let's let's say we you know we make this many. Like for example, Jiras it was an addition of 180. So I think that our pre-orders and pre-sale put us at like 125 or 150. Actually, we had to increase. And we just said, okay, well, well, we'll order an additional 30 so that on the day that it comes out, if people missed the pre-order period, we'll have some stock on the website for people who uh, who missed out and still want to grab it. So there's actually still a few left on the website for those who who missed out. What's that's that what website for the folks listening? Seismictoys.com. There we go. Seismictoys.com. Okay, so, seismictoys.com. So how did Seismic begin, Alex? And how long ago did it begin? Well, oh, I'm trying to think. So in reality, Seismic was, was created as an entity in 2019, but its origins go back further than that. Uh, every year, except for the past two, I go to g-fest in chicago uh, and i get to see my friends from all around mostly north america who otherwise wouldn't get to see in one place to talk about and kaiju and watch kaiju movies and buy a ton of plastic dinosaurs together uh it's you a make lot that of sound like such a dirty thing <laughs> i love i love calling them plastic dinosaurs um so some of them are rubber too. Some of them are rubber. Some of them, you know, are even tin. Uh, after a certain point, after I've, I've been going to G Fest for about, uh, well, I mean, the last one I went to was my tenth. And okay. after a certain point, I, uh, Chris and I, Chris Olio and I, we kind of thought, well. I've got a bunch of, we, we, all, we each had a bunch of old toys that we didn't want anymore that we picked up, I guess, while we were younger or whatever. We just kind of grown out of and uh, ran out of space and refocus. And I think, I think a lot of people go through that when they're collecting kaiju toys is they'll, as they get older, they go, oh, you know what? All this stuff that I bought, I actually only like this stuff and the rest of the stuff I can just sell. And what we did is we took it to G-Fest, got a dealer's table and sold it at the dealer's table. So we decided, well, this is a good idea. And so we made that plan. And while we were making it, we realized, oh, you know what? We actually, we know a lot about toys. We've got a pretty good head on, on the market. Why don't we see if we can buy some toys and sell them? Like, you know, if someone's parting with their collection and the price is good enough that we know we can sell it for a price people would actually um, consider decent, then, you know, we can, we can buy up lots and take the toys to G-Fest and sell them there. So we did, I think we bought someone's collection that they were selling, it was a really good price. And we were like, okay, well, we can, we can take this to G-Fest, try and sell it and see what happens. 
So we did that, hoping, like initially just hoping, okay, we're going to make back our, our table fees and we're going to maybe make back our money on the toys that we bought and make a little gravy on top of that. Um, and we just made way more money than we thought we would. So we were like, okay, maybe this is an actual business we can get into and we can start to import toys and we can start to do all that kind of stuff. So the next year we came back with an even bigger table and more stuff and we did even better. And after that, we said to each other, we, we would always joke, you know, one of these days we're going to make our own sofa bee. We're going to make our own soft vinyl classic style kaiju toy. But we never really had an idea of what it would be or even how to do it. And then in 2000, I think late 2018, early 2019, 13am Games, my the company that I, my, my day job, uh, decided that we were going to work on a kaiju game. And we, you know, started doing concept art and stuff and sort of planning things out. And I called up Chris and I said, I got something I want to show you. And I showed him the kaiju from the game. I showed him Megadon. And I said, what do you think about making a toy of this? Because we could just license it from 13am Games. They're already going to do promotion for the game. They want a marketing thing. So maybe they can pitch in a bit. And we were able to make uh, the Megadon toy. So when we went to GFest 2019, we had a bunch of these with us. We announced the game at the show. And then we put the toy on sale and the toy uh, sold really well. And shortly after G-Fest, it sold out completely. So we were like, okay, like this is doable. We can, we can make toys and we can sell them and we can create a business out of this. And we were really excited to bring um, more toys to G-Fest next year. Then 2020 happened. And we didn't get to go to G Fest, so we started and then to focus. Twenty twenty one happened. Yeah, twenty twenty one happened. So, so we we made more toys. Fall the following year, we made um, an Arctic Blast version of Megadon. So he's got. Oh. Uh, okay, uh, folks. So this is a brilliant figure. Again, go on the YouTube recording of this episode. But what we've got is, you know, it's your classic, like tail dragging kind of dinosaur design for a kaiju we've got some big beefy arms we've got a grappling sort of lizard we've got he's blue and then he has he has the dorsal plates he has one large jagged one coming out between his shoulders and then he's got some great like gnarly horns and then a large crest horn i guess you'd call it and his body's like this wonderful dark like blue with like lighter blue highlights and is that kind of like glitter effect in there too yeah yeah that's glitter yeah he's got that so it's amazing and then we've got like these ice highlights so we've got like starting out as like a pale sky blue and like or maybe kind of like a pale teal and then it, it like crests in white highlights so it is a gorgeous gorgeous figure like all of those colors work beautifully together but wow that's a good one Sorry, I just wanted to describe for our listeners yeah, no, that's, that's, this goodness that you're holding up. We uh, we were pretty excited about about you know having having the classic Megadon and the Arctic Megadon, and we were stoked to bring to G Fest Arctic, and uh, yeah, that uh, we couldn't bring him to G Fest. Um, so we started focusing more on our website on sizeoftoys.com, 
and using that to do direct consumer sales. And it's, you know, it was, it, it was a big transition. Like it's not something that we're well versed in, but we were able to build up a following on Instagram uh, at Seismic Toys and uh, following on our website and get people excited about this stuff. And then we followed up Arctic uh, Megadon with another creature from Dawn of the Monsters, which is Ganeera, um, the giant crab beast. So she's, uh, she's a hefty figure. Um, and she's also got the kind of translucent uh, look to her. Uh, so we released this was it early last year. And uh, anyways, as we were doing this stuff, waiting for the game to launch, we started to think about like, hey, is it possible for, for us to maybe like, once we've done a couple of these other figures to maybe approach um, some of our favorite kaiju licenses, kaiju brands and be like, hey, do you want to make a toy with us? And what we did was we, we looked around, we asked around, and I had a connection, a previous connection from a trip to Japan with um, Tsuburaya Productions, the people who make Ultraman. And in 2019, or I think in 2018, they started to move into North America and the rest of the world, really, in terms of bringing Ultraman content out because a previous legal battle, um, which is beyond the scope of this podcast, but previous legal battle had prevented them from doing so. So in 2018, they won the legal battle and they said, Ultraman's coming to North America. And the following year, they started releasing every single Ultraman show on DVD, Blu-ray, streaming. They released the Ultraman anime on Netflix. They're, you know, continuing to do all sorts of Ultraman stuff here. And I was like, well, these guys really want to bring Ultraman stuff to the world. We love Ultraman. Why don't we try reaching out and and through that connection and see if we can do something. And yeah, I mean, they saw our stuff. They liked it. They agreed to, to work with us. And we started making a new toy line. So we have our Dawn of the Monsters toy line. And now we have the Ultraman Vinyl Odyssey toy line. And uh, we released Giras on Ultraman Day last year. Took pre-orders. Um, did the whole manufacturing process. Did the whole shipping process. Thanks to the global shipping crisis it took much longer than we wanted to but he's now in everyone's hands uh and this is our our latest and greatest so it was a journey from our first toy in 2019 all the way to this guy releasing right at the very end of 2021 um that's allowed us to to keep doing what we love and keep making toys nice so i mean how for the for the game toys, I guess, do you use the, the models or the artwork from the game? I mean, how, how do you get this sculpt? Because I, I take it you're not a sculptor. No, I'm I'm not. I, I mean, I, well, you said, I, I have you, done sculpting oh, before, oh. but uh, what we do is we take the any of the reference material concept art or, or you know, assets from the game and we use those as a reference in creating a uh a new sculpt for the toy and we're actually we've been working with mike lambert mike actually worked on dawn of the monsters or he still you know still works at 13 a.m games and he does the sculpts for these toys so when it came to like 
Megadon, we wanted to stylize him a bit from how he looked in the game. So yeah, his proportions are different. He's chunkier. Um, honestly, one of the biggest inspirations for us was toys from the 1990s like this, like the Trendmasters Godzilla or uh, Extreme Dinosaurs or Primal Rage. Those kind of toys that have really exaggerated features, exaggerated musculature. So, uh, yeah, we take what we take a lot of stuff from the games as reference, but then we fully model it uh, yeah. ourselves originally. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm just I'm loving the fact that someone else talks about Primal Rage besides me. <laughs> yeah, you, I love you need to get their Rage. license and make some toys of the. I would love to make. Can you imagine like Sauron and? Yes, I could. And all those guys and make like, it happen. This bit, like, oh. <laughs> Who I'll, owns the I'll, license I'll to that? that. Warner Brothers. Is it Warner Brothers? Okay. Yeah. And they I'll, need I'll, to I'll make... get on the horn with Warner. They would need to make they... a lot of money. <laughs> they need to make a new series or something with that because Primal Rage was awesome. Recently, we've had some folks like bring out a few like Primal Rage homages you might say yeah yeah mm-hmm. but uh yeah we haven't had any true stuff on my on my so i i have a, a blog that i run called control all monsters you can just go to controlallmonsters.com and it's kind of a, talking about kaiju and video games is the general gist of it you and kaiju video games is the most important <laughs> part uh and i did a article on the full history of primal rage and i dug into the origin of the game how they made it because like they they had hollywood level stop motion talent working on that I game know. it was incredible it was fantastic and the, the canceled sequel primal rage 2 i played it about that yeah it's it, it's a great game they should have released so that it sucks that they didn't release it um yeah there's just so much to that that and, and of course the toys I, I i grew up i think the toys i still I, have I think them. The toys still yeah i've got <laughs> <laughs> I've still got a, a few. I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to collect the uh, the 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 gaps. I don't have a few of them like Armadon, but I do. <laughs> you have the whole set. I have everyone except Necrosan. Oh yeah, Matt Frank has ne- Necrosan in box. I don't know how he got that because he's Matt Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I know you're listening to this, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, envy. You know what I've seen recently that, you know, like it really got me going. So you can find people who do the Ultimasaurus from the Chaos Effect line, mm-hmm. fully posable. And the thing is, is like there's one fella on Instagram who has a prototype, modeled it, and he 3D like uses resin 3D printing to give you. The Ultimasaurus canceled like figure. That's awesome. Yeah, when we take our next break, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll get his deets just so I can say him at the end of the podcast for anybody who's interested in that. But that was a funny one because the horns were too sharp to release to children. (laughs) (laughs) Those big rowdy like horns coming out of the heads, like yeah, kids getting stabbed with those. (laughs) But toys are great, and just like the licensing thereof, like. The world be such a cool place. Like it's actually becoming a cool place because you have a lot of people like yourself that are making the toys that we want to see. Like people are just rising up and saying, you know what? I wanted that when I was a kid. I'm making it. Yeah. So we've got the tools to empower people to do this now. So 
it's really cool to do that kind of thing. So what does the future hold? So any ideas on what your next monsters might be? Uh, I mean, I can't, uh, I can't give away the ghost, but um, uh, I'll say this, you know, we, we wanted to go out the, the gate with Jiros because he's, he's a iconic, a favorite. He's iconic. He's a favorite of a lot of people. And, you know, personally speaking, there are Jiros toys that exist, but there wasn't one that I was like super excited about. Um, there's even some good looking toys, but there wasn't a Jiros toy that made me go like, yeah, that's, you know, I, I need to have that in my collection. So we wanted to create a really stylized, you know, leaner, meaner Jiros. Um, but I will say that when it comes to the Ultraman Vinyl Odyssey line, um, it's not just Kaiju that we plan on doing. We've got plans for any characters from, from the Ultraman series and, uh, sky's the limit. So we're hoping that we can release more figures this year than we did last year. So last year we released like two or three figures. So we're hoping that we can release at least three, maybe four figures this year. So for uh, folks who have to budget like myself, we looking like quarter three, quarter four, or are we spreading that out? Well, hopefully we'll be spreading it out. I mean, if, if all goes well, we'll probably have one come out quarter two and then head into quarter three and quarter four. We've got, we've got two that we're actively developing right now. Um, one is pretty close to uh, full production and one is still in an early sculpting phase. But uh, yeah, we're, we're hoping that we can make more and more and, uh, and also make them like more exciting to, uh, you know, with, with either gimmicks or, or bonus features or whatever we can to make them you know, the, the best uh, vinyl toys they can be. That's awesome. That's really cool that you're having more monsters come out and potentially other characters too. This has me intrigued. So are we going to get like some of the uh, human ultra crew in their awesome orange <laughs> um, attire? You know, that that I haven't considered. I, I mean, I was like, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at ultras and, and other characters like that, but I actually love the the human characters as well so i wonder if that's something we can we can dip into there there have been um toys of of the humans before like dan Moraboshi and shin hayata and that kind of stuff but i think that's a cool idea it would be fun i mean like the way i could see it what seems to be all the rage for my youngsters right now is they have these different figures that you can find at all these like shops and what they are is they're essentially like smartphone holders. Like that's mm. Oh, yeah. Yes. No. But, you know, like I could imagine, you know, like, like what are these characters being, you know, like holding a phone or you can have Ultraman like in the pose, like with the hand up holding. A phone. That's great. <laughs> I know, like just these different ideas, but there's like all these different ways that you could take it. It's fun. Like toys, man. You can you get to make your own. You can come up with all these ideas. It must be. Yeah. Fun. So. When you're making the toys and throwing out all these ideas, do you guys just sit in a room or is this just like writing on a script on a notepad? Like when you wake up late at night, it's like, ah, oh, idea. So like, how does this come to you? Is it just a personal creative process or is there a lot more collaboration? I think there's a decent amount of collaboration, but what, what we do is we, we have a list. Um, we have a list of characters that we want to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And basically what we'll do is we'll sit and collaborate and think about, okay, you know, the, it, it, for this character, like, first off, would they make a cool toy? Like, is this something that we can think of an idea off the top of our heads that goes, I can think of how to make that really cool as a soft final toy. Cause that, that, that has to be the first level of like, I guess that that's the first hurdle that, that the character has to clear is do we have a cool idea for how to realize the toy? So for like, for example, with Giros, we were like, oh, well, we, we want to use the, uh, the translucent materials on his frill so that it will, oh, you know, yeah. light will pierce yeah. through and stuff like that and pierce through his body. And we want to make him meaner and you know, stuff. So this thing, we can make a cool figure. Next is, are there other figures of this toy? If so, are there a lot or are there, you know, is there, is there a toy out there that we look at and go like, ah, you know what, can, can we really do much better than that? Like, we really love that figure. Can we really compete with it? Um, so that's, that's a question. Like, for example, even though I love Alien Balton, like, there's so many Alien Balton figures. Like, yeah. do we need another? I, probably not. Like, maybe someday we'll do one. But the truth is there's so many um, that it's, it's you know, we wouldn't get as excited. Uh, and then... Uh, it's the question of like, okay, if it clears all those, like, is this a character that not just we care about, but that we think people care about and that they'll be excited about enough to uh, to pick up? So once it clears all three of those hurdles, then we start spitballing ideas. And so usually we have multiple kaiju or multiple characters that have met that criteria. And it's a matter of, okay, what's the, what's the one to pick to do next? And sometimes it's to line up with anniversaries or um release schedules or you know new movies or whatever but uh that's the kind of high level process um at least with the ultraman stuff and with the dawn of the monsters stuff the game isn't out yet but we kind of would like to eventually get through all the characters at least the main um player characters all right yeah and with that we're going to take our second break aren't we awesome please come back for part three all right, welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. I'm Alex Rushdie from Seismic Toys, and uh, we're talking about kaiju. Yes, we are. So we were talking about other toys in your line, and you showed us over the break how awesome some of them are. So apparently you can get your toys just like in a full-on translucent vinyl, right? Yes, yeah, there are uh, limited uh, quantities of these basically unpainted uh, clear vinyl versions of, uh, of the toys available. I think right now the only ones left are um, Ganera here and Jiros. Uh, uh, There's a clear version of Jiros. It's kind of a clear yellow. And nice. uh, we, we do that just because some people like the look of the kind of clear, raw, unpainted vinyl. And other people like to then buy those and customize them. So uh, what we actually did for DesignerCon last year is we had a couple of artists take some of our clear Ganeras and do custom versions that we then sold uh, at, uh, at Decon. And, and I think now we've got them up on our website. That's awesome. I like speaking from just like the clear versions, I have to say, like as someone who puts together models himself, there is something about putting a model together and then just priming it 
and being really satisfied with just a primed model. Yeah. The only thing I can really equate it to is when you do, there are folks out there that are just going to nod their head up and down when I say this, I'm sure. When you do a pencil drawing and you just leave it and you don't color it in <laughs> because you don't want to screw it up. Am I right? Yeah, there's <laughs> but, something beautiful but, about it. But there is something beautiful about it just raw and without any additional chaos or additional color thrown in. And yeah, that was a really beautiful figure. When we were on break, it was really funny because I said it looked like a giant gusher. So Paul, as the resident UK person who grew up in the UK, Alex and I grew up in the States. Like I said, it was a gusher. We both clicked. We knew what that meant. Paul was clueless. So for any American listeners right here, it had like a blue, like clear tinted, but it was kind of, is it between, it looks between matte and gloss. It's kind of an interesting texture paint as it's showing up in the camera, but it's really neat. But this is kind of like your bipedal crab monster that you were showing us. Yeah. It was really nice. Which is actually so, one, one of the few kaiju in Dawn of the Monsters that I personally uh, did the concept art for. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, but before I, before I got into game design, I used to be in visual art and design. Um, and so though the, the majority of stuff is, you know, fully our art team doing it. I was like, we're, we're making a kaiju game. I've <laughs> got to make at least one. <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> there we go. Well, we have yammered on for quite a while now, folks. So what we're going to do is we are going to move on to that section of the podcast where we make recommendations. So it's, if nothing else, Alex, if nothing else, what's the takeaway for tonight? A recommendation? Mm-hmm. Uh, buy more kaiju toys. And specifically seismictoys.com. Seismictoys.com. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And, uh, and in my opinion, okay, as we talked about before the podcast, uh, open them up and put them, on your, put them on your shelves. Don't keep them in boxes and bags and packages. Let but them, keep let the tags them, on? Someone has watched <laughs> Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to suffocate in there. Yeah, the tags. I mean, take the tags off if you have the uh, the wherewithal to do so. I'm just too lazy and don't like storing them. But, you know, let let the toys breathe and, and admire them and appreciate them. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Paul, what you got? Sure, I haven't got much in the way of toys. Um because you know i've i've read out of room and so i haven't bought any since my my defo reel um by Atlantic, which i do love and is you know, uh, that's take, a great toy yeah absolutely love that so um toy wise i don't know um maybe dig out if you say if you're at our age go in your loft and see what toys you've got i know i've still got a box of jurassic park toys like the, like the vehicles and and some oh, of the characters you, we're going to talk after <laughs> so I, it's been in the loft for i don't well since i since i moved in and it's just been boxed up for my parents loft so it's well paul 20 or five years old toys just paul. boxed up that's, right. a, that's You're a time capsule oh. right there so yeah so so going you lost your toys you've got folks because that could be you could have a, a whole treasure trove of awesomeness up there that you've completely forgotten about paul please make an unboxing video I want. Oh no! Sorry, no, they're, no. They're sorry. They're not not sealed. I played with them. Yeah, but I mean, I just I, have a box the, 
the box it's i want to see you unbox the box <laughs> i've got go like through. oh wow i remember wow. that i've got this, to be I fair i had this oh, wow. <laughs> i i should i can yeah i can absolutely do that yeah I to be fair that. i've got i've got a tub in the garage full of my stuff that i've yeah got. we should do that uh, old toys uncovered just <laughs> yes old toys unboxed there yes oh, absolutely it's we really funny one of my friends like it was great so he got me into pokemon go and what i did is like oh like pokemon huh i just got out my old binders from when i think it was from like 1998 or whatever when i was collecting and i just had base set jungle fossil rocket and neo just the entire sets and he was just like dude i'm like what dude he's like what you've got them in first edition yeah, yeah, I was a collector. Dude! Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I know. He had me go on PSA, and now I feel a bit sheepish, because I'm just like, oh, God, they're just in binders. What do I do? I'm not going to touch <laughs> yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that stuff's crazy. But yeah, you could have like a, I don't know, you, you could have a down payment on a car in there. <laughs> oh, I looked it up. I think there's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> Agumon's my favorite Pokemon, by the way. Um, <laughs> how many people did I just piss off? Um, so, got that unboxing video from Paul. We yeah. should have an unbox off. That's what we should do. We should go on YouTube and have an unbox off. Um, recommendations from Joe. So, whether or not anybody knows it, uh, today, today, um, years ago, 14 years ago, was the day that Cloverfield got released in the United Kingdom. Who watched oh. that in theaters? Most of it. I did. I actually, I, my psychology professor was really cool and he came with us and he got motion sick. Yeah, that's what happened <laughs> to me. So I didn't get to see the whole oh, film. Okay. I, had to, I had to leave because I was being sick. It is a fun film. <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't get motion sick, give that a uh, look. At home Obviously, it's fine. It's just that big screen. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah. Obviously, like give Cloverfield a go. Um, all the sequels that came after, with the exception perhaps of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Eh, There's only two sequels, wasn't there? Oh. Yeah. Paradox right. and 10 Cloverfield Lane. So all right. Well, 10 Cloverfield Lane is eh, in terms of the kaijiness, but uh watch Cloverfield, and then it should have a direct sequel, a direct sequel to the original it should, coming out. At some point. Yeah, it's been announced. So we are patiently awaiting that go on to seismic toys check out what you can pre-order because alex is a gent we want to support him now earlier in the podcast i told everybody who'd be interested in ultimasaurus that i would find where you need to go and that fella's name is chaos effect jp all spelled out no spaces on instagram and that's some pretty cool 3d printer work right there i'll tell you what anyways folks have a lovely night, afternoon, or morning, depending upon where you are. And as always, keep it kaiju. Mm -hmm.